<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome to the Balanced Black Girl podcast. We're putting black girl magic in motion. This show is dedicated to reinventing wellness for women of color. I'm your host, Lestrandra Alfred. Hello, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Balanced Black Girl Podcast. If you're a returning listener, thank you so much for tuning in again. And if it is your first time listening to Balanced Black Girl, welcome to the show. I am so happy you're here. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to share with you the review or shout out of the week. This review says, very relevant. I loved everything you shared about imposter syndrome. I needed that little pep talk. Thanks. So thank you so much for this shout out. I actually love when reviews reference specific episodes because that really helps me understand what topics really resonate with you and what you would like to hear more of. So I'm so glad that the imposter syndrome Feel Good Friday episode resonated with you, and thank you so much for this review. If you have not yet left a review for Balanced Black Girl Podcast on iTunes, please do so. Your five-star ratings and reviews are so, so helpful for the show. That is how iTunes decides to show the podcast to people. That is how we help grow our community, and that is where we continue to get the word out about the importance of diversity in wellness. So today's episode is a really fun one. We are talking to Maria Rodriguez, who is the founder of Fear Her Fight Athletics. And I know that you will love this interview as much as I did. Maria just has the best energy. She is so much fun to talk to and just has the most infectious spirit and shares so much realness that is wonderful. So you will get to learn all about her and all about Fear Her Fight in this episode, which is really great. But I also wanted to talk a little bit about the Women's Strength Summit, which is an event that we reference a bit in this episode. Uh, The Women's Strength Summit is an event put on by Maria and her company, Fear Her Fight Athletics, and it is just a really, really wonderful event. This year, they're putting on their second annual Women's Strength Summit. I went to the first Women's Strength Summit last year. That was where I met her, and it was just such a wonderful event. So this year, the Women's Strength Summit is happening in June, on June 1st and June 2nd in Tacoma, Washington, and it's a weekend where women can come together to explore the monumental power of what it means to be strong. Strong looks different on everyone, but what does it look like for the people you look up to? What are the leaders in your community doing with that strength to make the strength world more inclusive, accessible, and diverse? So if 
understanding the answers to those questions are something that is of interest to you, I literally cannot recommend going to the Women's Strength Summit enough. So June 1st and 2nd, it will be happening in Tacoma, Washington. There will also be some incredible speakers at the event, including some former Balanced Black Girl podcast guests like Chrissy King that you will recognize. Um, And I would love to see you there. So we will have a link to register for that event in the show notes because it is going to be wonderful. And then before we jump into the episode, one last thing is I wanted to make sure if you have not yet already, make sure you are subscribed to the Bounce Black Girl newsletter. So every Tuesday, we send out a newsletter where you get first dibs on the podcast episode straight to your inbox, as well as a roundup of diverse curated wellness content. Uh, Basically every week, I am just scanning these internets looking for the best wellness content to share with you. So it's everything from home workouts, to mental health tips, to natural hair products, everything that I can find that is just really speaks to all things Balanced Black Girl, I then put in the newsletter. So make sure you subscribe to our newsletter also in the show notes or at balancedblackgirl.com slash subscribe because it's really great. That's, That's where all the really, really great content is. And I would love to have you be a part of our newsletter community. So now, without further ado, let's jump into the episode so that you can get to know Maria Rodriguez. Welcome back to the Balanced Black Girl podcast. Today, I'm joined by Maria Rodriguez, founder of Fear Her Fight Athletics, a company that reinforces the lens of intersectional feminism in the strength space. Maria is a competitive powerlifter and strength and conditioning coach based in Tacoma, Washington. She coaches individuals remotely on a sliding scale and personal trains across all levels. She aims to make training more accessible for the LGBTQ community at her gym and offers an inclusive space on Friday nights to lift. Her work is deeply rooted in her community and uses her skills to elevate the access to wellness for those around her. Welcome to the show, Maria. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you, Liz. It's a pleasure. Yes. I mean, I am such a big fan of yours, like personally mm-hmm. and professionally. And there's so many things that I want to chat with you about. And I'm just so happy you're here. <laughs> Thank you. I know. I remember seeing you for the first time in real life, like a little over a year ago. <laughs> I was yes. like, I want to be friends with her. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I felt the same way. I know. So for people who are listening, um, at the time that we're recording this, we just finished up the Ignited Women's Summit 2019, which we had uh, in February. And I think when I first met you or when I first learned who you were was at last year's summit, because I think you came up and talked a bit about Fear Her Fight and you had just started it at last year's summit, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, So... As we dive in, I mean, I would love it if you could tell us a little bit more about where you're from, your fitness journey, and what brought you to the strength space. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, when I went to the first summit, that was literally a month. Like, Allison found me when I just launched, Allison Tenney, who created the summit, and she sent me a message, and I was floored and also crying, (laughs) and I just thought how wonderful it was of, like, the universe to see me working and doing, you know, what I really, really wanted to do, and then hear all these opportunities, um, like, Allison's first event, and I just jumped on right on board, but 
going back to your question on how I kind of started all of this, um, it's a lot of info. So buckle <laughs> in. Um, I was <laughs> I was doing art school, and art school is very exhausting. You have to think critically while also exercising a different part of your mind that many people can't access. And so um, I was actually very good at being creative and just going with the flow of how I processed my work. Um, I did a lot of photography at first. I did a lot of painting. And then it kind of naturally went into sculpture. And so there's what there's a list of ways you can sculpt. Um, and so I had my thesis, my senior thesis. And so I out, I was actually a, uh, the first woman welder there at the university in Tucson, which was really oh, badass. I know. really cool. I know. And so I was I was just in the garage with just a mask and just <laughs> this big welder. And it was just really fun. It was just wonderful. So while all of this was happening, I was recovering from an alcoholic and um, – and my addiction to hard alcohol and painkillers. Mm. And I remember because of, you know, the trauma that I'm sure a lot of people can uh, relate to with breakups and family traumas and insecurities and identity crisis and all of that, I kind of was very overwhelmed. And so that's what I gravitated towards. And I really didn't know how to handle all of it. So the art my art really, really, really helped me. However, it navigated something in me that said, all right, you got to you gotta turn in your stuff. You got to uh, fill out your assignments, which means you got to be sober and you got to you got to come to class and not look like a hot mess. Mm. And even if I do go to a hot mess, like I have to present my stuff, you know, and I didn't I was just sick of embarrassing myself. And so while I was doing uh, you know, my, all of my classes, I had a, I had a lot, um, on my plate. Uh, I just, even just intuitively, I thought I need a break. I need to do something. And so I picked up cigarettes and yoga and (laughs) I went down the road and I just, I just think, um, I forgot how to breathe really. Mm. My anxiety really peaked and I forgot how to breathe and I still forget sometimes, but I practiced yoga for, I was, okay, so I was, I mean, I was introduced to it. I thought it was weird. And then I actually really thought, all right, I need to just be my myself. I need to practice. So I went down the road and I signed up um, and this yoga, yoga studio and it was a phenomenal place. It really saved me basically. And I went every day and I cleaned my act up real quick. And, you know, a lot of the philosophy on yoga is, incredible. I would, I could never replicate anything and I don't ever want to appropriate any of the practice, but I received a lot of information in my body that said, Hey, you need to slow down. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, so yoga really, really helped me with that, which then led to me wanting to be physically strong. And I noticed a lot of my poses, Uh, my body really was weak in certain areas. And so I just thought to myself, hey, when I'm not at school or at um, my yoga studio, I really should 
figure out a way to get stronger. So I just joined uh, 24-hour fitness and I just went all in and I just kind of figured it out on my own. I remember really uh, in being interested in the machines. And so while I was on the machine, I remember it was like a peck fly machine. I saw right in front of me, there's this woman who was just wearing basketball shorts and she was wearing gray basketball shorts, white tee, that was pretty big on her. Mm-hmm. And I never saw her face. I just saw her squatting with the barbell and she had the 45 pound uh, plates on. So she was squatting 135, like no problem. Mm. And my, I remember, I will never, ever, ever, ever forget because that was a moment that just kind of launched everything. And I thought she was so badass. I was like, does everyone see what she's doing? <laughs> she is so cool. And I went home that day and I Googled and I Googled and I was like, where, how, where have I been? This is so incredible. And I, I mean, you know, if I, if she's listening, I don't know. <laughs> you she mom. might be. Yeah, you right? never know. <laughs> um, so I, I legitimately just hopped on the internet and, I uh, I was just so floored. I was like, wow, women can totally be strong. This is so badass. So I was just playing around with weights and dumbbells. I, I mean, I wasn't really, I didn't know what to do with the barbell, but you know, YouTube was there, blah, blah, blah. So then it really enhanced my artwork. It really launched me. And so, you know, I had my solo exhibition and I, you know, I, I got seen from a lot of amazing artists that I still am connected with to this day. Um, and they all thought I was going to be in New York with like my own studio, which was very flattering to me. But I'm like, girl, do you even know how expensive it is out there? <laughs> no, like there's no way. Um, and so I, um, so yeah, I graduated, I think, God, because um, it took, I think it took me five years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, so I moved to Washington because I was, um, I was doing my long distance relationship with my now husband and he's my best friend. So I moved up here, no question. Um, because I'm very much like, I will just, I'm very flexible. I'm very open-minded. I'm like, sure, why not move to the Pacific Northwest? So I moved here and I was like, oop, fidgety. I was like, I gotta be a teacher. Like I, that's just something in my, I was just like, okay, well, I can't get my master's. That's so expensive. I might be able to take out a couple hundred bucks for this yoga certification. And so that's what I did. Like immediately I got certified and then I was like, okay, I'm going to teach. And it was actually really hard. So from then on, I was introduced to the gym environment, the culture. I noticed that there's different cultures in different spaces, you know, like your big box gym, um, just the tiny studios, the yoga studios. And so I was just getting acclimated to the people. And so what I really miss, I was, I, you know, I, I maybe had never found it. I just wanted a space where women were encouraged to take up space. Mm -hmm. And so I was Googling here in Washington, just different gyms. And so I would travel or I'm sorry, just go to different gyms and check it out and um, gym shopping if you will. And then I found this one that was relatively close to my house. And I thought it was very pretty. It's the it's the gym I now work at. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, oh, this is so cool. I want to be strong. And I want to do barbell stuff. And I want to look ripped. Of course, it was all about aesthetics back then. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna look super cool. But then 
I did CrossFit, basically. It's a CrossFit gym. They're not affiliated, but strength and conditioning. And um, I did that immediately. Like, I would just go all the time. And I, you know, did the little on-ramp introduction. And then one day I saw this group of women in the back <laughs> and the, with the barbells. And I just walked up after my class. I just walked up and I just asked a couple questions like, oh, is this like a cool, like, what is this, this cool girl club? Like, is this, is this a <laughs> class? Like, what is this? And I remember um, one of the attendees or members just said, yeah, it's a powerlifting class. And I was like, oh, okay, I can't do that probably. And so I was like, okay, cool, bye. <laughs> and then the next day I come in and I just went straight up to the class and I was like, okay, I'm going to take this class. Like no questions asked. And everyone kind of looked at me. They're like, and it was really funny because my impression of them were kind of like, not snooty, but kind of like, well, you have to pass a test or something. And mm. I remember her name's Nicole. She's my friend now. She was just like, well, we're in a strength cycle. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, what? Like, what does that mean? So then um, I I just was like, okay, sure, great. Well, me too. I'll do that too. And so uh, then the coach introduced herself and Anna Marie, my first female coach. And I have to say that that's very important because – in my whole sort of endeavor in figuring out where I belonged, I never identified leadership with identifying a woman in mm. that space. And so yeah. I saw this coach and I thought, wow, you are very cool. And, <laughs> you know, I, I just I just said, you know, I've been going here for about like three months or so. I'm really open-minded to learning about what you're doing and a month later I competed and that's amazing <laughs> because I was so pumped yeah. I just I just I mean my mechanics were pretty pretty spot on and I was I was pretty strong and able at that point and flexible and um I she was just like she you know she treated me completely just fair with everyone and she just she was like all right you'll be with so-and-so and all right we're gonna do this and I was learning about three by five and I was learning about percentages and it was just so interesting to me because I'd never thought about exercise in that way mm. I just thought okay well you just burn calories and you just sweat you know and so at this point it was very much linear and I really enjoyed that I've never really had that before so um, I competed a month later, and this uh, this was in 2016, late December, and I was just hooked. And it was nonstop, Les, I swear to you. It was just one competition after the other. I would not recommend. <laughs> but I, it was just something to where I just thought, wow, this is something I my body really appreciates mm -hmm. and my mental uh, health really appreciates. Yeah. I just showed up so differently everywhere I went. I just felt like all of my confidence that I had built, I was so proud of. And I just took it everywhere. It You could just tell. And then I was getting job offers. You know what I mean? That's and amazing. it's just like, hey, like, who are you? And then my the owner of that gym, Leon, um, not there anymore, but uh, he was like, Maria, we, you know, he saw me from the ground up, right? And so he's like, you just should work here. So I've been working there now and I'm the powerlifting manager there and uh, I'm a, the morning coach there. And so it's been 
it's been such a privilege to have that love and appreciation for what strength can do for anyone and have it be how I get paid. Absolutely. And I mean, what I love about you sharing that story with us is just the evolution that is Mm. so apparent how you said over time, like you felt your confidence increase as you built strength, like you felt yourself becoming more confident. But even just hearing you tell that story, I'm like, I could hear when those (laughs) things happened between Mm. like, seeing it and being curious about it to being kind of intimidated when the women are talking about stuff and you're like, I don't even know what that means. Yeah. Then having leadership that resonates with you and, and how when you have great leadership that like understands you, it clicks and you just take it and run with it. Like I just, it's so, so good. Absolutely. I think when people now approach me and they, first of all, they always apologize. I'm sorry. I just don't know nothing. I, and I just have to say like it, because I've been there, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? I've been there to f- to have women specifically feel so vulnerable and they n- we should never feel like inadequate right off the get-go before yeah. even trying. Totally. Like, you know, you, you just, you, yeah. And so I was very, I'm still so grateful that I just decided to sign up, you know, decided to sign up and sign up for this class and just walk up to this big intimidating group of strong women. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was just, it was just something to where I just was like, okay, why not? What's the worst thing that can happen? I don't like it. Okay. I'll just go back to regular CrossFit classes. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that definitely is a great word. It was definitely an evolution. Um, and I was just practicing, uh, yoga at home but then really excited for this newfound love of weights <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely and going back to your yoga practice a little bit uh, one of the other things that really stuck out to me when you were telling your story just now was you said that before you started practicing yoga you didn't really know how to breathe or be in touch with mm-hmm. your breath and i think that that is something that <sighs> is so relatable for so many people is we either have situations in our life, whether it's a trauma, whether you're overwhelmed, whether you're dealing with anxiety, where it's like so easy to lose sight of your breath and Mm -hmm. lose sight of like how important that is. So what was that experience like for you as you were kind of developing your yoga practice? And then for you, as you were also a yoga teacher, what were your experiences being like a woman of color teaching yoga like? Yes. Great, great question. I felt so discriminated Mm. against. Mm -hmm. I felt just heartache over and over because of the rejection. Mm. Because when I went to visit yoga studios that first, so in order to work at a yoga studio either you have to have a connection to the owner or the managers you have to be friends with someone um because because i was so new how are people going to see me as a credible yoga instructor when i am not you know fill in the blank Mm -hmm. like just very very thin uh wearing lululemon you're you're just generic white blonde you know blah Mm -hmm. blah blah like or what like so I would just show up in I thought just athletic clothes but mm-hmm. you know 
it's not good enough. You've got body fat on you. And clear as day, I was just walking into that space. I thought, how are they going to take me seriously was a question I thought. And it was really unfortunate because um, I was always, I just have always gotten the um, feedback of my personality being such a great asset to whatever I'm deciding to do. But it's like, you know, I showed up with like a resume and it didn't really have yoga um, experience. And so they just looked at me and didn't give me any time. And Mm so it was really hard to find a yoga job. I would actually just substitute Mm -hmm. at gyms Mm -hmm. because those are the only people that thought, oh, hey, like she's got some lifting experience. She's she understands the body and here's her certification. I'm sure she can help someone. So at gyms, it was my best, um, best chance at uh, doing that. And I and I did. And I was just bouncing around. But yeah. I, like truly, it's been just awful because I am not what you would think about when you think about a woman lifting a ton of weights or something or a, a yoga a, a yoga teacher. I, yeah. I do not, I do, I guess I, you know, like the, the mass media, when they think of this, they think of, well, I don't, I, I, you know, cause mm-hmm. I, I say, I don't know because I think it could look like anyone. Yeah. So it should. Right. Right. So yeah, to, to answer that question, a complete discrimination. And now I can say that because before I thought, well, it's just because I don't, I don't teach at a cool yoga studio. But looking back, all of the people around me that were getting hired were cis white women that, you know, drove BMWs, blah, blah, blah. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that was hard. And I think for me trying to distinguish what – because – because I didn't have a, I didn't have a steady job, you know, these were very small hours substituting. I had to have, you know, a job. And so I was, um, a job to pay my rent, blah, blah, blah. So all I did, I went to Dick's Sporting Goods and I was a manager there Mm -hmm. because, you know, like I, I've been in customer service since I was 16 years old and I've just been doing retail. So I could just rely on that because I don't have a problem confronting people, you know, talking to people, et cetera. So I was just doing that and then really, really trying to understand what the fitness industry and the teachers looked like, which then drove me down a spiral of losing myself because I thought, mm-hmm. okay, well, you have to be this thin and you have to be this and you have to come across as this. And it's just, oh, it was disgusting. It was disgusting. I look back and I'm just like, oh my God, if, if, yeah. <laughs> it was just really hard because I, I can't tell you, like, being a woman in the gym as a leader, you get doubted. And like I said, people look at me and they just don't I, – I feel like now, you know, the network I have does. But yeah. when you don't have a big resume like that, mm-hmm. it's hard for people to, to take you seriously by just looking at, you know, yeah. at you. Totally. I mean, I can relate to that so much. I know for me, like as a trainer, some of my worst like body image issues that I've dealt with were when I was like working knee deep in fitness all the time because it just unfortunately is an industry that's so reliant on appearance and Mm -hmm. your credibility 
unfortunately for a lot of people is kind of viewed through what you look like and mm-hmm. I think that it's starting to shift thankfully right. um, because of the work that you know people like you do but it's still super frustrating because it's like so many more people could be helped and could be reached and not helped yeah. to look a certain way but helped to have fitness do for them like it did for you like it did for me to help them find their breath to help them find mm-hmm. their confidence like who cares what they look like but it can help them center and take care of themselves and it it just is such a frustrating dynamic absolutely i think so, for so long people were convincing me that my body was my business card and that's bullshit. Mm -hmm. It was so toxic and, you know, with body image and diet culture, it is so rooted in wellness and it is trash. Yeah. And so I'm sorry for anyone listening that's shocked by this, but it really (laughs) is. Um, (laughs) Newsflash. Yeah, newsflash. There's a lot, there's a lot of, problems and problematic behavior behind trainers and that's why I think it's so important for me as this body positive inclusive trainer to have the rhetoric down because I would I have never I have never even though all those certifications tell you to always ask what the body fat is always ask them what they're eating it's just like holy moly do you know how damaging that is Mm -hmm. and so um yeah so with with that I just I just I'm I'm so grateful for powerlifting because the majority of the work does not center itself around food or aesthetics (laughs) and that's why it's so easy to fall in love with because it kind of gives you a liberating feeling and that way you can just let go of the garbage that you've learned and you've been conditioned to because so many women and girls and young ladies they are so conditioned to look one way and it's powerlifting gives you that opportunity to find freedom and body justice for once you know totally you get to just tap into power like build it but also probably power that you already have that you didn't even know you had which i could imagine is like the most (laughs) liberating thing yes absolutely so yeah very grateful for powerlifting and what it has given me and the tools it has provided so that i can serve my community better i love that So along those same lines, like, let's say that there are folks out there who are interested in strength spaces or maybe interested in powerlifting, but they feel intimidated by it. So maybe it's a woman of color um, Mm -hmm. or maybe it's just someone who, you know, isn't really comfortable in how they feel in their body and they're really intimidated by going to one of those spaces and trying it out. What advice would you give them to help them feel more comfortable um, in those spaces to just give it a try? Right. I, I will always say to women, especially women of color, to find a woman, if not a woman of color, trainer and coach. Mm -hmm. There is something so special about that understanding. Um, I haven't met a trainer that a trainer that identifies as male that has made me feel as safe as 
uh, females or people who identify as women. So what I would say is to, to look to, first of all, to understand why you're wanting to move, why you're wanting to exercise and to really navigate honestly why you're going. If it is for purposes that, um, you know, if, for example, you want revenge on your ex, stop right there. And that's not going to work. It's no. not going to blossom into no. anything for your for the longevity of your health. No. It has to start with you. So identifying the reasons why you want to move and exercise or if you want to dance or if you want to play you know, softball, if you want to power lift to identify that. And if you don't know, a good place to start definitely is just a commercial gym to see. I really don't like the machines. I love the dumbbells. Okay, well, let's get you into free weight uh, classes or exercises or, you know, just just bodybuilding. See how that feels. Um, And then another good resource too is that I know that a lot of women I see it too at big box gyms that women will hide like they'll Mm -hmm. go in the corner and do that um if if at if at any point you're doing that because you feel unsafe maybe that's the wrong space or the wrong time to go I hate to say that but for example you know what I mean like if I can only afford a ten dollar membership um I'm going to do my best to get there in and out and not feel like I have to guard my body um, because I'm already at a vulnerable place uh, that I'm trying to just build my body. It's a it's a relationship. It's like you, your mind, your body, um, your breath. It's a it's a relationship that you have, and it's going to be distracted or interrupted if there are other things around you. And so, just to understand the space that you're in, I think. To go maybe at a different time, if possible. And then if not, ask a friend to go with you. And then if they also pick up vibes that are just really like nauseating, maybe that's not the right gym. But also to ask for help. So asking for help from female coaches, please email me. <laughs> email me if you have any questions on how to navigate like bodies, email less. Like there are resources out there um, to kind of help you because I know how intimidating it is because when I was at 24 hour fitness, I was terrified to even look anyone in the eye because I just didn't know you know, what they were going to say. Like, mm-hmm. are they going to correct me in my form? Like, are they going to kick me off this machine? Like, how am I going to react? But the bottom, bottom, bottom line, I will absolutely put my hand on any book <laughs> is if anyone talks to you that doesn't want to talk to you or that you don't want to talk to, I'm sorry, you don't owe them anything. Yes. You don't need to look at them. You don't need to answer to them. And yeah, you can literally pretend no one's around you. And that's fine. You're not a bitch. You're not rude. You're not unfriendly. Mm-hmm. You are there for a purpose and you don't know you don't know anything, a explanation as to why you're there. Or if you want to be there for 15 minutes perfect in and out great if you want to take up the squat rack for an hour you do that (laughs) doesn't matter you didn't sign a paper that said i will only be here for 15 minutes so to just claim that space is really important and also if you are very nervous about it like 
I mean, headphones really help. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? And sometimes I've done it before where my headphones aren't even connected to my phone. I just wear them. Mm-hmm. That way they tell other people, hey, I am, I'm, I'm not going to talk to you, whatever. Um, th- there's, there's a lot. You know, it's that. And then it's go in there, pretend no one's around, just do what you want to do in and out. Boom. It's fine. And it'll help it really kind of helps like to just, I hate to say like fake it till you make it or whatever. But again, that's just something that you just have to, and then that'll kind of navigate how it's going to feel without your headphones, um, et cetera. So yeah, it's, it's not, it's not easy when it's, if like, for example, you're nervous, because again, it's, it's such a vulnerable thing to learn things about your body learn things like your weaknesses your strengths um it's a it's a whole deal it's it's a lot of learning totally but i i love that advice that you gave around making sure that you're in spaces where you feel safe or creating a situation where you feel safe because i think honestly when people struggle in those settings or when, you know, especially women may feel uncomfortable in those settings, it's because they don't feel safe because something mm-hmm. is kind of making them feel that way mm-hmm. in ways that are usually very valid. And I mm-hmm. love that that should be kind of the top priority. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You you just do your thing, girl, and <laughs> you get in and out and boom. And if anyone gives you anything, either if you can you go up to the place, to the little front desk area where they all talk shit. Yeah. And you say, hey, I'm not giving you my money anymore. Bye. I love it. But for <laughs> yeah. real. Seriously, I've had, I've, I've, I've had trainers, Les, come up to me while I'm squatting. With, I mean, while I'm squatting and come up to me and say, you've got a nice butt. All right. Oh, well, uh-huh. for one, yeah. Who... <laughs> Who gave you any breath today? Because you're going to regret that second. <laughs> I am quitting this gym immediately. And that's what happened, you know. Um, yeah, it's just disgusting. And I, well, in that situation, I called like the headquarters and no one did anything. And so I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to go ahead and warn my friends, warn people that totally. I know to, to not give you know, give that place money. Like, oh, gross. Yeah, because there need to be, because that's not acceptable and there need to be right. consequences to things exactly. like that. People need to be accountable. Yeah. And again, if this ever happens, like knock on wood, you can always, I mean, hopefully get someone fired or, you know, um, it, if, it depends on how much energy, energy you want to expend, but you absolutely can cancel. You do not need to go there anymore. Mm-hmm. Do not feel stressed about that. Just take a deep breath and just cancel your membership and move on. Yes, I love <laughs> that. And so, Maria, something else that I really love is that in your coaching, in your businesses, you advocate fiercely for creating opportunities for those in marginalized communities. Were there any kind of specific personal experiences you had that really sparked that for you? Oh, yeah. I will think I think of one thing when I was so I volunteered my time at this um, shelter to help young kids just exercise. Mm -hmm. So I was there at lunchtime. And so I was like kind of like a PE teacher in a way. And I would just go and help these kids who may not have seen their parents in six months Mm -hmm. or do or there's there's law there's law enforced um 
situations or someone's taken to get out of custody. There's so many things. So I thought, well, I have to make them, I was just immediately thinking, I got to make them happy. I got to make them distracted, like the stress out of their bodies. And so incorporating yoga and, you know, some sort of like activity where their endorphins are really high and just get them outside. So that's what I did. And yeah. there was this one day where I was like, all right, we're going to go ahead and um, come to our mats. And they had a couple of mats and uh, we're going to do some yoga. And then there were like six mats not available. And this one kid, oh my gosh, I'm getting choked up. This one mm -hmm. kid used this piece of carpet. Oh my gosh. And, and I just, I thought to myself, Ugh. like, sure, you know, this mat maybe costs like, or mats cost, you know, what, like 12, 20 bucks, something, maybe more depending on the brand. But if you, if I just go to target right now and like, I would, and it's, they just got it and you know, they stepped on it and they're like, okay, I'm ready. Ugh. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, how, okay. So, I mean, I don't want to say it's silly to, to think, um, okay, you only can do yoga on a mat, but, 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 but when I unpacked those feelings of, you know, he was so excited yeah. to practice yeah. and he was one of best students I've ever had ever 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 had in my teaching experience and oh. it was just this little piece of carpet less and I just yeah. I, the next day or the next time I went I showed up with like 20 minutes oh. I just and so fear her fights money you know I was just like I am I'm, I'm it was all different colors and I just went to the store and I like picked up a bunch and I brought it to them and they were so excited. They were just like, r like running around all of them and laying on them and just so pumped because they thought, well, in their eyes, you know, in order to do yoga, you have to have a yoga mat, but just the feeling of providing something um, that can enhance their yoga experience or their just flexibility or their time, you know, because they're little like preschoolers to fifth graders. Yeah. And so that one, he was maybe a first grader. Oh. And so, I know. So, so to your question as to when or, you know, why my focus is so rooted in that is, and and I'm always trying to figure out why the people at the gym, why, why are they there? But also who's not there? Mm -hmm. And I believe that because I volunteered to go to, to you to go elsewhere and it, this wasn't at my gym of course you know I had to go elsewhere it's one of those things where if I can continue to implant my my skills and my talent and my passion into other areas that may not ever think of hey you know what we can do yoga or we can do exercise or we can learn some drills and agility um, because some people literally never think to themselves, hey, I can do that. Yeah. Fitness is such a privilege. Privilege to like to go into a place where you pay a certain amount every month and you have either a trainer or you're paying for these classes um, or to, you know, to have this routine. It is so sometimes so outrageously expensive for many people. And 
to be able to make time out of your day, you know, to drive to the gym, to maybe be there for an hour, et cetera. People sometimes don't have that because they're working three jobs or moms or dads are taking care of their kids. And so they put themselves secondary. And so if I can go to them, I will do that. And if I feel that these people really, really want to help themselves and maybe they don't have 30 more dollars to, you know, to pay me. It's like, no, that's not the point. Mm -hmm. I, I will do what I can for these people that are willing to show up vulnerably and learn. That is so big. That is such a big step for people that the majority of the people at the gym, sometimes that I coach aren't that enthused. They just yeah. think, well, I need to do this because I need to look a certain way and let it out. And it's like, oh, I'm so exhausted of that. And so, and uh, because of, you know, for example, that, that experience, people started talking about me. And then one of the directors of this uh, homeless shelter in my area, he came to the gym and I coach him and his son and he is the director. So he said, Hey, do you want to coach these adults? And I go, absolutely bring them <laughs> to the gym. And so now I'm coaching um, homeless, the homeless in Tacoma twice a week at the gym, I said, come to the gym. I don't ask questions, just come here. And I decided to do it at a time. I was very aware too, at a time where there's not going to be classes, but there's also not going to be a lot of people and it's going to be daylight as well. Um, and so, uh, they come around 2 PM and they just kind of trickle in. They know it's a safe space. Uh, and they know it is a female coach. And I can't tell you how many adult adults um that are homeless will come and they're like oh my gosh I thought I or I heard there was a female coach I'm, I felt safe with that I was mm. really excited and it's just one of those situations where they are excited about moving and learning and just kind of getting out of their own you know headspace because I'm sure it's a lot just like you know anyone else but specifically them it's like you know, we don't have to think about where we're going to sleep every night. Um, And so it's something I feel like I am almost in a way gifting them to just, hey, for right now, we're not going to think about anything else or any of the struggles or any of the violence around you. We're just going to focus on you. And it is so magical to see them get distracted. And that's it. That's it. That's all I want because I know what that's like. And it's, it helped me in my recovery and it's helping other people in their own recovery too. Ugh, I just have chills. I think that that's amazing that you are able to use your gifts and use your skills in ways to help people who honestly need those resources more than anybody, Mm -hmm. but just, you know, through kind of, conventional methods aren't able to to attain it and I mean I you know we talk a lot about self-care and wellness Mm -hmm. on the internet space but gosh I mean I can't imagine someone who needs more Mm self-care than someone who doesn't know where they're going to sleep at night or where their next meal is going to come from Mm -hmm. I mean yeah like and I think the most the, the blessing the magic about it is that for an hour they get to feel adequate. They yeah. get to feel they that someone believes in them. They get to feel that they can do something. Mm. And that is just... <laughs> uh. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> 
so I just always think to myself, why aren't more of these marginalized communities in the gym space? Is mm-hmm. it financial reasons? Is it discrimination that they've experienced? Is it, you know, feelings of inadequacy and insecurity? If I can help someone just walk into the gym and comfortably greet them and have them believe that they can accomplish the next 60 minutes, I want to do that. And I have, like, I, all of my personal trainees are people who don't take classes, who don't, um, who aren't comfortable yet with Olympic lifts or power lifts. They just want it's it's almost like I'm just guiding them through just how to move and breathe because they trust me mm. and I take that shit to heart. Totally. <laughs> I because I know what it's like to have someone or have people not believe in you or feel these doubts in you and these fears. It's 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 hard to untangle. And so if I could be that resource by just moving people, ugh, of course I'll do it. It's so good, <sighs> so good. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. It's 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 so fulfilling and it energizes me all the time and I always think what how how much more can I do like where can I where can I go and I'm like okay well maybe you you already have like four jobs so <laughs> <laughs> it'll it'll the universe will 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 bring you people so yeah yes. and it has. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm realizing you know we both have mentioned fear her fight. Um, but I feel like, you know, for listeners who may be new or just meeting you, we should talk a little bit more about what Fear Her Fight is. And I would also love for you to share what inspired you to start Fear Her Fight. Yeah. So when I was, I went to my first nationals, uh, for powerlifting, I was working at an all women's gym, which I do not work at anymore (laughs) because I was just so tired of how entitled so many of those people were. Anyway, I created a shirt because I was like, I don't have money to go to nationals. Who are these people going to nationals? Are you joking me? I'm not sponsored. So I was creative in the way to fundraise for a shirt. And I um, just went on Google and I was like, all right, how do you make this? How do you make a shirt happen? Where do you buy it from? How do you print on it? And um, I had to decide what I wanted to write on the shirt. So on the back of it, it said USAPL, Raw Nationals. It had the date. Um, And on the front, I just was, I was just like, all right, well, for one, this has to be a shirt everyone can wear. I never thought only powerlifters or only people at the gym. Like I thought everyone, everyone should want to wear this and feel powerful because that's, that's my whole thing. And uh, so I was just talking to Zach, my husband, and I was just like, honey, when you look at me lifting, because I thought me showing up to any sort of event is like a political statement. First of all, I am Hispanic as hell. And, (laughs) (laughs) And I am proud of where I'm from. And I am also this, again, petite, um, you know, queer woman who does not look like I powerlift 
again, what I've been told. And I don't take offense to that anymore because small does not mean inadequate. And so I just think, all right, what do you think of? And he goes, and because he's seen me, seen me lift mold like millions of times, he's like, well, fear, because he's always really scared of me. Um, <laughs> and, and he's like, you could beat my ass in a second. And I'm like, yeah. So he came up with that word. And I just like, you know what? I kind of like where this is going in a positive kind of path. And then I thought, all right, and then I answered my own question, like, why do you do this? And it's to show up for other people. Show up for the people that can't. Be in solidarity with people who can't. Um, I have so much privilege just being in my body that I want to show up for others that absolutely can't do the fight, right? And so yeah. I thought, all right, well, people are going to know that I am lifting for more than just a PR, right? And mm -hmm. so I thought... All right, I have, of course, putting so much pressure on myself. I want to go to nationals and I want people to recognize, I want people to recognize how I'm doing this. And it's, and you know, like we said at the beginning of the podcast, there was so much discrimination with my, you know, with my, my, with me, like showing up thinking that I could just fit into this fitness world, like no problem. Like, and so, the fight I had to really endure through all of this was just, oh, it was nasty. But here I am. I'm at nationals, motherfuckers. <laughs> so, then, <laughs> so then I, you know, I thought, all right, fear of fight. Boom. No questions asked. I didn't ask anyone. I was just like, all right, this is, this is what it's going to be. So printed that shirt, sold out. I mean, sold out, but I printed like maybe 50 or something yeah. and I got to book an Airbnb and I was so excited. I was like, mm. all right, we're going to go. Yay. <laughs> so, um, so then I went and then after I came back, um, people were like, mm, my wife has this shirt. Can I have this shirt? And they knew who I was. So it was people who knew me. They knew that I went to nationals that the support, they say they supported my journey. Um, and so I thought, well, no, I mean, sorry, like I don't have any more. Okay. Well, then I had to pause and this was in November. And I thought, Maria, what, how are you doing? How are you doing so well with your clients? What makes you so special to them? And I thought, okay, well, I have, oh, I have, tr I have encountered over a thousand women that would have never touched a barbell or any sort of weight, mm. and here they are, still showing up and believing that they can. And so I'm like, wow, like you're kind of a leader, and. And it's like one of those things where people would always say, Maria, you've changed the way I see things, the way I see my body, et cetera. And so I'm like, I can't stop that. So I sort of um, tied my, uh, my passion and the empowerment that shows up with this work and I tied it to this t-shirt and I thought, all right, well, does this look like a business? Does this just look like, um, do I like, how, what does this look like? And I just thought, Oh, yes, absolutely. You should start a company. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so, you should. <laughs> I know. And so I'm like, okay, what does that company look like? I didn't have the answers less at that point, but I thought, okay, if I can have, let's say, less, let, if I can have less wear this shirt whenever she feels pumped to go to the gym <laughs> and she feels super strong in this gym and she feels adequate and she feels strong and bold and big and fierce. I'm going to want other people to wear the shirt. So I looked up how to make shirts. I looked up how to have this business. I looked up all of the 
all of the things. And then I asked my graphic designer friend, I said, Hey, do you know how to make a website? Can you help me? So I had to ask for help. And she's like, absolutely. So this was November. And then we launched it at the end of December. And I told my friends at the end of December said, Hey, guess what I'm doing? (laughs) And they're like, what else are you doing? And so January pops up and I I just launched my website less and everyone was so, so, so kind and supportive and just enthused. And I will never forget my first order, Bethany Brown. She purchased it like within seconds. And, you know, because I was excited on Instagram too. It's, you know, you can be like, oh, you can just do anything on Instagram. And so I was just like, (laughs) hey, like, look out for the launch, la da da. And meanwhile, I was like, holy moly, you just started a company? Like, you know, because it, it carried that carries so much. And so I just thought, whoa, like, what's how did I do this? And so it was doing so well. And, you know, at that time, I had a screen printer. And those that know how businesses go, it wasn't it wasn't the screen printer I'm with now. And, you know, I'm not with the same graphic designer and all of these things. And so over a year, we've sponsored over 10 events. We've, um, we were the headline sponsor for Raw Nationals, which was the biggest powerlifting meet in the history of the nation. And yeah, and we've, we've also um, funded athletes who may Mm. not be able to afford knee sleeves, or we actually send out uh, gifts for athletes that we follow, especially women of color. Um, And uh, yeah, we really want to make sure that that representation is clear, that anyone, anyone can feel strong if you put in the work and you're committed, and especially that Fear Her Fight will back you up. So I receive sometimes it's really special because I'll receive a message from someone that said, Hey, my friend, you know, she doesn't have money for knee sleeves. Is there any way we could? Absolutely. Let's, let's go for it. Like, because, you know, I just have, I just know what it's like to feel like you can't do something because of whether it be money or access. And so, um, yeah, so the majority of the first year was just nonstop events that we were at. And so that meant, you know, restocking a bunch. And so I just have learned so much about how to run a business when I'm selling things online, because we're just online, we're yeah. not in a store. So yeah, it was so that's how it's come up. And we've been featured on, you know, a couple of podcast we've been featured on, I say we <laughs> um, <laughs> we all of us yes yeah um, so you have an amazing it. community yeah it's, it's aren't they so rad yeah. oh my god yeah and you know our, our our youngest athlete so we sponsor Celeste she lives in Texas mm-hmm. she's broken like oh god like 12 records and you know all of these young girls we've got an eye on because they're the future totally um so we will send them like stickers and socks and stuff like that. So I'm just so excited that these young girls are finally being uh, or showing up in, you know, not the most common spaces, meaning that they're CrossFitters, you know, or they're weightlifters, um, martial artists and boxes, boxers, uh, because I know the conventional for young girls is maybe ballet or any sort of dance or, you know, that kind of thing. But it's so cool to see these young ladies just doing, doing the thing I'm doing, you know? 
<laughs> totally. I mean, I think like looking at what you've been able to do in a in a year is incredible. And yeah. the fact that it's just so rooted in such an like admirable mission that you're able to help people the same way you were seeking when you started mm-hmm. I mean I just like I get chills listening Aww. to you talk about it because it's such a beautiful thing thank you I I definitely I'm learning to say thank you rather than I need to do better because <laughs> that's something I'm I'm you know ha- I've been conditioned to but yeah mm-hmm. I, I I you know my best friends tell me all the time you did this in a year yeah. and I just think well, I want to do more, (laughs) but I have to recognize the joy and the success. And it could not have been possible without the community that Fear Her Fight has. Totally. I mean, it's all about community at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely. And people who support you and they believe in you and that, you know, they're your soundboard and they're your champion. And it's like, I didn't ask for them to do it. They just really see it and they believe it. And I think that is so special. That is so special. It is. And kind of speaking of community, last year you also had uh, your first Strength Summit, which was yes! like such a fun event. I ended up attending. Maria, I have to tell you, I'm the most last minute person. I am always <laughs> that person who like, I'll see events and I'll be like, yeah, I should go to that. And then I'll wake up the day of and I'll be like, okay, I'm going. And oh literally <laughs> with the Strength Summit, I did. I definitely did that last year because that's just how I operate. <laughs> I'll be more on top of it this year, but girl, if you're not there, I'm gonna be pissed. No, yeah, I remember. I remember you showing up, and I think you found out through Taylor. Yeah, Yeah. Taylor and and Felicia had been posting Mm -hmm. because they were both speakers about it, and it was just it was such a great event. Like I was just so inspired by everyone who spoke there. So, what is in store for 2019? You have another summit coming up, and what can you look forward to? So the first summit, um, like you said, all of, so there was eight speakers and all of them had had different endeavors. So Cece Holcomb, the strongest woman on earth, she was there. Oh, she was and, amazing. Oh, she made me cry within oh, seconds of her My lip just shivers thinking about her talk. And yeah, so then there was... Kim Cross, who's my friend, she um, she has one hand and she's a famous mountaineer here in Tacoma. Mm-hmm. I have Ivory, who's a cancer survivor. She teaches Zumba. So all of these different narratives um, to, to, to show people that it, strength doesn't come just one way. Yep. People find it at different times. Like my friend Jean Hawkins, she was she's in her 60s and she just found powerlifting and she loves it. So I, I picked these um, people in my network that, I mean, first I admire and I'm inspired by them and I, and I appreciate them so much because they're so honest with their own sort of autonomy and they're so honest with their, you know, with their own kind of, um, backgrounds, uh, because not a lot of people even know still about, uh, how, like how hard it is to train. And so, um, so yeah, so that was phenomenal. I think it was a long day. It was a long day, but it was like eight to five and there was a deadlift competition afterwards. There's like raffles and food and there was breakout sessions, meaning um, my friend Bua from Thailand led us through a yoga flow in the morning and, and then there was some Zumba and then I did a conditioning class. Anyway, this year it's going to be for two days mm. and we're splitting it up because obviously it was a lot 
And um, we want to do so much more, right? Every year we want to be better and hopefully splitting, splitting it up this year um, will sort of let people breathe a little bit more. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's going to be June 1st and 2nd. And then tickets go on sale um, in a couple of weeks, so March 1st. And there's going to be a sliding scale as well because I noticed that, you know, for one day, $85 last year, excuse me, was a, was a lot for some people. And so I definitely just let them come. And this year, I'm sure I will encounter, you know, these things that I just don't want people not to – I don't want people not to come because yeah. they can't make – 20 extra dollars. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So we're going to have a sliding scale, um, on the website. And then, um, I already have the seven. So it's only going to be seven speakers this year. Um, I've got them all booked and we're going to announce the last two in the next, um, in the next couple of weeks. And then we've got vendors lined up. We've got, um, some activities. There's going to be a powerlifting meet the second day, and it's going to be definitely open to all. So if my neighbor Raul wants to come, he can come. <laughs> <laughs> and if he wants to lift in the powerlifting meet, great. Um, there's going to be options as far as, you know, um, because all of the donation for the powerlifting meet is going to an organization that Fear Her Fight believes in. Um, they actually are going to Zimbabwe this summer and uh, building gyms in in Zimbabwe, but also in other third world uh, areas. So they also are making uh, strength accessible uh, for people that may not be able to access that elsewhere. So um, that's where the donations are going. And then part of the proceeds of the entire event are going to go to the LGBTQ Center here in Tacoma, the Rainbow Center. They're phenomenal. Um, and so uh, we basically are just really wanting people to be there on the second day. The first day is definitely going to be more of the speakers. So um, that's just going to be super exciting. And m the main the main question, because sometimes there's summits that have, you know, different points or focuses, this, this question for this summit is going to be with your platform because the majority all of the speakers they have you know great platforms and amazing networks but yeah. with their platform what are they doing with their strength mm. um what are they asking their community right what are they, like a call to action and so i think all of the talks are going to be really wicked i'll probably ball my eyes out um because of how powerful these women are and of course how confident they show up in their own uh, lives because of what strength has given them. What are they doing with that is going to be just so, so, so exciting. And, you know, they all have sort of different topics in a way. Um, but I think it's going to be really impactful to center it around that question and center it around strength because all of these women um, have some sort of ties around uh, weightlifting, powerlifting, CrossFit. So um, it's a little bit more focused. So, yeah, I'm very excited about that. It's in June, June 1st and 2nd. Oh, I'm excited about that. And I love yeah. that theme of what are you doing with your strength? I think that yeah. is incredible. And by the time this episode is released, uh, tickets should be on sale. So we'll make sure we have that linked in the show notes Yay. with all of that info so that um, listeners can come because I know it's going to be an amazing event. Yes. Yeah, so many I know of like six people women right now that are flying out for it and I'm like oh my god I'm so honored yeah. <laughs> yes I know I I'm just it. so so excited it's gonna be at Tacoma Strength which is where I found my strength 
Um, I know. Full circle. Full circle. I know. And yeah, I'm just going, I'm just really sending out like 20 emails a day, just asking um, my community to show up and Mm -hmm. to just see if they want to help or participate. So it's, it's fun when I feel like, oh, I'm just planning this party. (laughs) So totally. Yeah. I love that. Well, Maria, thank you so much for coming on the show. I loved this conversation and I think you just provided a lot of really wonderful advice, a lot of really wonderful insight. So how can people keep in touch with you? How can people learn more about Fear Her Fight? Where can we find you? Well, my phone number is, I'm just kidding, <laughs> um, directly. No, no, thank you so much, Les. I, I mean, I feel like I said a lot and I'm like sweating because like I probably said a, a lot. Um, That's good. So my, my Instagram is Maria Lefts Tacoma and I, sometimes I'm, I'm on my phone because of Fear Her Fight. Obviously, that's how it exists through social media and our website. So I'm always checking my phone. Um, so Fear Her Fight Athletics is our Instagram. And then my personal one is Maria Lifts Tacoma. You can also find us on Facebook. Same with me, Maria Rodriguez. And uh, if you have any questions with the brand or I know some people just like to write us with their experience, um, it's just hello at fearherfight.com. And I'm in Tacoma. So if anyone's local and they want to lift, just please message me. Totally complimentary session at the gym I work at, or we could go hiking. Like it doesn't need to be in a gym. We can just go explore and wander. Like I am, I love networking that way. That's happened so many times. And I learned so much from my community that way. So I love that. Spoken mm. like a true Pacific Northwesterner. <laughs> you have been here for a few years. <laughs> I have, girl. I'm, I'm going on six years and I'm like, okay, this snow, this is rude. I'm done. I'm leaving. I was like, Zach, we got to pack our bags. No, I'm just, I'm excited for June because A, the summit and then the summertime. I just oh, need vitamin seriously. D. Girl, Jeez. You and me both. I feel you. Mm. I know. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Yeah. It was really fun. Wow. I love you. (laughs) I love you. And I'm so glad that we could get you on the show. This conversation was so much fun. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. I know our listeners are going to love it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pumped. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much. 